we have over 40 organizations that have come out to support us tonight. So I would like to take a moment to thank everyone. And if you could please hold your applause for the organization and their representatives until the end. We have the Wisconsin Ukrainians Incorporated, Jonathan Volodymyr Filpiv, Ukrainian Milwaukee, Helena Salapata, St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church, Reverend Vasily Savchen, St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church, Pastor Mikola Lamar, Archdiocese of Milwaukee, Bishop Sherman, Crusaders of Justicia, Ms. Jennifer Estrada, Episcopal Diocese of Milwaukee, First Unitarian Society of Milwaukee, Forward Latino, Daryl Morin, God Touch Milwaukee, Pastor Marty Caldron, Greater Milwaukee Synod, ELCA, Bishop Paul Erickson, The Hispanic Collaborative, Interfaith Conference of Greater Milwaukee, Bishop Erickson, Islamic Society of Milwaukee, Mr. Ahmed Qureshi, Jewish Community Relations Council, Mexican Fiesta, Teresa Mercado, Milwaukee Buddhist Peace, Peace Fellowship, Milwaukee Inner City Congregations Allied for Hope, Pastor Jackson, Milwaukee Jewish Federation, Miriam Rosenwig, Milwaukee Metropolitan Community Church, Milwaukee Zen Center, Moravian Church Western District, NAACP Milwaukee Branch, Presbyterian of Milwaukee Church, Sikh Religious Society of Wisconsin, Dr. Swarnish Aurora, Sikh Temple of Wisconsin, the American Baptist Churches of Wisconsin, Executive Minister, Reverend Mindy Mitchell, the Bayes of Southeastern Wisconsin, Doug Carey Jordan, Dick Smith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Hindu Temple of Wisconsin, the Religious Society of Friends, UMOS, Unitarian Church North, Unitarian Universalist Church West, United Church of Christ Southeastern Wisconsin Association, United Community Center, United Methodist Church, Wisconsin Anti-Violence Efforts, Ms. Jerry Bonavia, Wisconsin Conference of Southeastern District, Wisconsin Council of Churches, Ms. Angela Hicks, Wisconsin Council of Rabbis, Governor Tony Evers' office, Vanessa Yanis. Thank you all for being here today. As we start off and we remember the over 200 confirmed children who have been killed, I want you to remember that when Russia kills our children, they're trying to erase our future. When they kill our elderly, they're trying to erase our past that has been tainted with their aggression. We will start off with Jonathan Volodymyr Filipiv, President of Wisconsin Ukrainians Incorporated. Good evening. Thank you, Milwaukee. Thank you for all the communities th throughout Milwaukee and all organizations standing with Ukraine. I want you to think, why are we standing with Ukraine? Think about that. Because there is a genocide against our people. We have children, we have men, women, people of all ages, all religious backgrounds being killed and slaughtered in Ukraine. There's bodies still buried under the rubble. Bodies in shallow graves, people that can't 
wake up the next day to be with their children. New refugees and orphans are being created every day. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm here today because I'm also a child deprived of parental care because of the Soviet Union. My grandparents were taken by the Nazis in World War II. They were enslaved as slave labor in Hasag. That's what my grandmother was when she was in World War II. She escaped with friends, met my grandfather in, in Germany, who was also enslaved at a farm. After the war, they returned back home. But upon the return, they didn't return to peace. They were robbed by the Soviet Union. My grandfather was imprisoned. Fast forward, my, my parents died before I was three years old because of the problems with the Soviet Union. Prevalent alcoholism, abuse, continuation. The Ukrainian people want peace and freedom. We don't want to be part of Russia. We don't want the freedom that they have there. So when we think about the children, we think about not the suffering just today, but decades from now, tomorrow, and into the future. Ukrainians choose freedom. We choose peace. But Ukrainians will defend their sovereign territory. And Ukrainians are proud of everyone that stands with Ukraine to give them the tools and everything needed to not only fight off and push back the invaders, but to win. So Ukraine can rebuild, and Ukraine will rebuild. So thank you standing with the children of Ukraine and everyone in Ukraine. Slava Ukraini. Thank you, Jonathan. Up next, Pastor Mikola Lemar of St. Mary Ukrainian Orthodox Church and Reverend Vasil Sauchin of the St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church will lead us in prayer. Nechaj svetice imia Tvoje, nechaj pride carstvo Tvoje, nechaj bude vora Tvoja, jak na nebi, tak i na zemlji. Hlid nas nasušni, daj nam čehodnji, i prosti nam provine naši, jak i mi prošajem venovačem našem, i ne vede nas u spokusu, ali vezvole nas viz lukavoho. Amin. Next, we have the Honorable David Crowley, the County Executive of Milwaukee County. Good evening, everyone. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to everyone who is out here showing your support for Ukraine. When we think about what we're seeing right now happening in Ukraine, it is inhumane. And we all know this is an unprovoked attack happening right now from Putin. But what I want to do is I want to put a call out there to everybody throughout Milwaukee County, everybody in the state, everybody in this country and around the world about how we all need to be standing for the Ukrainian people. There's no reason why you see over four million people leaving their homes, families being divided and children being murdered only for a paury hungry tyrant. 
And I want folks to understand that we stand with you all. And we stand with you all because this could have been any other country in this world. And when you think about what we're seeing, particularly what we have been through the past two years with the continuous di divide, division, separating people from one another, this isn't what we should be standing for. And if we truly want peace in this world, it should never, it should never be born out of war. It's extremely important that as we show solidarity for Ukraine right now, that we let people know that we need their three T's. And I'd like to talk, talk about the three T's. And if you don't know, we need you right now to give your time. Supporting individuals who live right here in our own country so they can support their families back in Ukraine. And if you don't have the time to volunteer, we're asking for your talents. Because many of you can use your talents to get more people to the table and bring more awareness to what we're seeing right now. But more importantly, more importantly, what we need right now is your treasure. We need money to be donated to the people of Ukraine so they can continue to defend themselves. And it's going to take all of us to, in making sure that peace, peace is at the, is at the forefront of this war. We got to do everything that we can to protect Ukrainians. We got to do everything that we can to show that we are standing up for the rights of all individuals in this world. But it's going to take all of us coming to the table. Now, when I look out and I see all these people here, it's unfortunate why we're here. But one thing that it has done, it has shown that we can come together and bring unity. That we have unity. And when we see something bad happening, when we see an inhumane war happening, where children are being attacked, where communities are being destroyed, where the legacy and the history of people, are, they are trying to eradicate. I say no more. I say that we stand up to Vladimir Putin. We stand up for the rights of individuals and we do everything that we can to bring peace in this world. Because it's not about who we are right now. It's about what we know that we can become. Because we know that it is our children, it is those seeds that are going to bloom into great flowers. And we must make sure that we're protecting our children. And the best way to do that not only in Ukraine, but even here in the United States, is making sure that we continue to fight for peace. So I want everybody to know that I stand with you in solidarity. And it's time for us to end this war in Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you, David. Our next speaker is Helena Salapata of Ukrainian Milwaukee. Thank you everyone for attending the candlelight vigil this evening. What is currently taking place in Ukraine has changed the very course of our life. We will not, never come out of it the way we came in. It is hard time for all of us and it will not, never get easier. There are people who have lost their kids already and families who have lost their loved ones and each of these stories are heartbreaking. I know that all of you have your own stories, 
and I want to share mine. My husband's cousin from Chernihiv, who joined the Ukrainian army in the first week of Russian invasion, has been missing for the last four weeks. We ask his wife every day if there have been any updates. There is none. There are so many other instances of people putting their lives at risk for the life of other Ukrainians. As I speak right now, my brother is driving to Kiev to deliver resources to those who need the most. And that is what he has been doing for the last few weeks. I'm holding my phone and I'm waiting for him to text me that he's okay. And as anxious as I am, I would not dare to call and ask if, before he texts me. Yesterday, my friend found out that her dad has cancer. She's here, he is in Ukraine. And for the first time in the last 13 years, I said to myself that maybe my father is lucky that he didn't live long enough to see this nightmare in Ukraine. We can only continue going through our day-to-day -day lives in hope that this war is gonna end soon and we can focus on rebuilding Ukraine. We are all sad, anxious, and of course angry. Some days it feels like there is nothing we can do. But here we are today, all of you, thank you. Trying our best. And I'm impressed, every day I'm impressed with everything you do and the unity that Ukrainians are showing all over the world. We are all in mourning, but at least we can be together and support each other. And that's what we do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Helena. Next, we will have Mr. Boris Nayflish, the Irping Milwaukee Sister City Liaison. Slow Ukraini! Finally, after almost 30 days of continuous fighting, Irping is free. You all see this war is online war. As never before, we're all connected and we all see what's going on every day. We see human suffering, we see amazing bravery of our soldiers with the atrocities that Russians committing on Ukrainian land. And once the European is free, people are discovering unthinkable what Russians done to regular folks civilians. They've been hunting them down. We're finding torture rooms where people have burned eyes, shot in the head, with hands tied behind them back. We see their children. We see many, many different unthinkable things that I don't want to even describe right now. Despite that, city is reviving. Citizens of the European coming back. We don't have yet water, no electricity. But slowly but surely, city is coming back. Once we had about 65,000 residents in European. Now there's only about two and a half thousand occupied. Uh, but very soon, very soon, I believe very soon we'll have at least half of it back. 
and with all your support, with all your help, the city will come back even better than it was before the war. I'm sure, as we've been today, the whole Ukraine will be free, and very, very soon. The amount of support Ukraine receive and Ukrainians receive around the world is amazing. We never prepared for this war, but war came to Ukrainian land, and we will win. For sure we will win. There is no other choice. We don't have any other choice but win it. So thank you all. And once again, Slava Ukraini! Our next speaker will be Bishop Paul Erickson of the Interfaith Conference of Greater Milwaukee and Greater Milwaukee Synod ELCA. Thank you. As she said, I'm Bishop Paul Erickson, Greater Milwaukee Synod, and I'm a member of the Executive Committee of the Interfaith Conference of Greater Milwaukee, a network of over 20 different faith communities, including Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, Baha'i, Sikh, Hindu, and more. We are a diverse organization. We think differently. We worship differently. We vote differently. We pray differently. But when we stand, we stand together. And tonight we stand united in opposition to the bloodshed and violence that's being inflicted on the people of Ukraine. And we stand united in our calls for peace. You see, we live in a world that too often tries to seek simple solutions to complex problems, a world in which the temptations to demonize our opponents run deep and strong. We reject all the forces that perpetuate hatred and violence and division. We must stand together and we must work together to bring an end to senseless violence. We gotta roll up our sleeves and engage in the hard and holy work of building communities that respect life and recognize that every single human being is created in the image and likeness of God and is sacred. So I invite all people of every faith tradition to spend time in prayer, asking the God and creator of us all to bring an end to this violence and to bring about peace and reconciliation. But I also invite us to consider prayer not as our only step, but as our first step on the long road of peace and justice and reconciliation. Let us pray. Holy God, creator of all that is, we pray to you in this time of crisis. You are our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Do not let us fail in the face of these events. Uphold us with your love and give us the courage and the strength and the wisdom we need to turn away from violence and destruction. Help us in our confusion and guide our actions. Heal the hurt. Console the bereaved and afflicted, protect the innocent and helpless, and deliver all who are still in peril. Keep us united in the face of hatred and violence, that together we may build a world in which peace and justice and love prevail. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Next, we have Bishop James Sherman, Archdiocese of Milwaukee. This evening, on behalf of Archbishop Lestecki 
and uh, the entire Catholic community of southeastern Wisconsin. I would join my prayers with the Pope, my fellow bishops, and local interfaith and ecumenical brothers and sisters, and join them in condemning the senseless violence, the war in Ukraine. God calls us to be peacemakers and to stand in solidarity with all God's family. In an address on April 6th, Pope Francis said, the recent news of the war in Ukraine, rather than bringing relief and hope, attests instead of new atrocities like the massacre in Bucha, ever more horrendous cruelty done against defenseless civilians, women, and children. They are victims whose innocent blood cries to heaven and implores, put an end to this war, silence the weapons, stop sowing death and destruction. Let us pray for this. I would echo the Pope's request and ask everyone to pray for peace in Ukraine. Thank you and God bless you. Our next speaker is the Honorable Jocasta Zamaripa, Alderwoman, Milwaukee Common Council. Good evening. I'm Alderwoman Jocasta Zamaripa, and I am honored to be here with you all tonight. Thank you for inviting me to speak. Uh, I want to let you know that myself and the Milwaukee Common Council stand with you. We stand with Ukrainian families and children. And um, I know Alderman Khalifarini wanted to join me here tonight, but he's battling a cold. He's homesick, but he sends his regards. Alderman Rainey is chair of the Sister City Committee here at the city. And um, I was so proud when he put out a statement last month expressing support in particular for Milwaukee's Sister City of Irpin in Ukraine. And I just wanted to read just a bit of his statement. Uh, Alderman Khalif Rainey, chair of the, sisters, the city's Sister Cities Committee, wrote, In times of humanitarian crisis like this, acts of compassion and generosity can make a huge difference. In recent years, we have been able to establish a closer relationship with our sister city of Irpin, a, sub, a suburb of the capital of the city of Kiev. And I feel a sense of duty to assist them at this time. As we watch from afar, I strongly encourage residents to help organizations in increasing their capacity to respond to the current crisis, Alderman Rainey said. He went on to note several organizations that are working to support the Ukrainian people, such as the United for Ukraine Fund, the World Health Organization Foundation, the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund, and Milwaukee's very own St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church, located on Milwaukee's near south side in Alderman Jose Perez's district. Again, I want to let you know that the city of Milwaukee stands with Ukraine and its people, and I'm struck by something RMC said when she started today's event. She said, when they kill our children, they kill our future, and when they kill our elders, they kill our past. Not one more life should be lost, and we stand with you in opposition to this senseless war. Thank you. Our next speaker is Mr. Ahmed Qureshi, past president of the Islamic Society of Milwaukee. Thank you. We all have seen the horrible pictures 
of the city from the city of Bucha and uh, from the Russian withdrawal this last week. Innocent men, women, and children slaughtered in the streets. It's a playbook from Putin that the Islamic world has seen before, specifically in Syria, where Putin supported the evil aggressor, the president of Bashar Assad of Syria, in slaughtering the people of Syria who opposed his dictatorial rule. I know that the city of Aleppo in Syria, probably none of you know what Aleppo is. Aleppo was the largest city in Syria. If you've seen the pictures of that, you've seen pictures of rubble, dead bodies, bombed hospitals. There is no one, there is no person of faith that wants war. Anyone who loves war is a crazy person. But sometimes there's something that is worse than fighting. There's something that's worse than war and that's worse than fighting, and that's oppression and slaughter. And the good people, the people of faith of this world, they need to stand up and they need to fight the oppressor when there is no choice. The first thing we, we do is we make our prayer. We then try to help with our hand if we can. And we live in a country where we have elected representatives to Congress, we have a president, and these people must be un made to understand that we also, the citizens of this country, that we are people of courage, and we have the courage to support the innocent and the oppressed. In the Islamic tradition, there is uh, three persons whose prayers are never rejected by God. The just leader, the fasting person when he breaks his fast, and the oppressed when he prays and whose prayer is raised above the clouds and the gates of heaven are open for it, and to whom God will say, by my glory I shall assist you even if it is after a while. I pray, and I will pray when I break my fast this evening because this is the month of fasting uh, for Muslims. And I hope that you join me in this prayer. God Almighty, we pray that you strengthen the people of Ukraine, that you assist them in their struggle against the oppressor, and that you grant them patience. God, we ask that you strengthen us so that we may assist the people of Ukraine against their oppressors and that we may provide assistance to all of the refugees. God Almighty, we pray that you allow us to see the truth as the truth and the falsehood as the false and that we are guided so that we may not become oppressors ourselves and that we help all of the oppressed and refugees around the world. Amen. Before our next speaker, we sorry, we have a quick message from the sheriff's office. Hello, uh, there's a vehicle parked right here. Is the owner of that vehicle, can you move that vehicle? 
this black Honda Civic right here. That's you. Is that you? All right. All right. And now we have Miss Miriam Rosenwig, President and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Milwaukee. On behalf of the Jewish community, I don't deserve the applause. On behalf of the Jewish community, it's our honor to stand with the people of Ukraine and the community of Ukraine here in Milwaukee. The great Rabbi Hillel said, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? But then he added, can you hear me? But then he added, but if I am only for myself, what am I? Not who am I, what am I if I only care about myself? And he ended with, and if not now, when? We have been watching weeks of slaughter, weeks of devastation, and we can't count this just by the numbers of wounded and numbers of dead, that the psychological and the impact on families will be for years. I'd like to introduce Tanya Arbit, who just came back two weeks ago from visiting uh, on the borders in Poland to share what she saw. Thank you, Miriam. This is truly amazing to see you gathered all here today. My name is Tanya Arbit. I was born in Kiev, Ukraine. I came as a refugee here to the United States in 1989. I left in a peacetime. There was no bombing, nobody was shelling, nobody was dying during my time. Two weeks ago, I went on a mission to Poland with 20 Jewish community leaders from all over North America. There I witnessed an unprecedented crisis for over 3 million people who have fled their home from Ukraine to Poland. It was heart-wrenching to see and hear the devastating stories of loss. Each story tore my heart out. This is by far the worst refugee crisis since World War II. I visited, I visited hotels and offices in Warsaw and Lublin. They have been converted. They can been converted into refugee shelters and processing centers. I talk with mothers and children who spend many nights in bomb shelters, airless, with no facilities. They travel by train or bus for many hours, or in some cases for many days, just to get to the Poland. And they have to leave their fathers, brothers, and sons behind to battle. Most of them left homes with nothing but clothes on their back. I traveled to town of America which is a major border crossing from Ukraine to Poland. Nothing could prepare me to see the steady stream of women, children, and elderly crossing through the gate. I saw the exhausted looks on their faces and the horrific stories of the heroic journeys for many, many days through occupied the Western territories just to survive. Teachers, musicians, bankers, future doctors, fleeing war and leaving everything behind. Most of women not slept for many days. The ATMs along the border were offering clothing, food, and basic supplies. 
over-the-counter sleep aids were in high demand just to help battle nightmares and anxiety. One of the hardest things was to see the children, children who were forced to leave their homes and familiar surrounding behind to adjust to their new harsh reality. To hear their mothers to tell them that they have to grow up, stop to cry, and act like adults just broke my heart. History will record what we do now. We must provide the money for humanitarian relief. Everyone here as best as you can, whatever you can, if it's a one dollar or a million dollars. The refugees of Ukraine need our help. Ukraine need our help. Famous American once said, when this is all over, we will never remember the words of our enemy, but only the silence of our friends. Please help in any way you can. Thank you. Now I would like to welcome to the stage Andre Jan from the Lutheran Latvian Church. Uh, yes, on behalf of the Latvian uh, Lutheran Church in Wauwatosa, we just want you all to know that we stand in arms with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. As I was listening to the first gentleman speak about, the, about his grandparents and, and parents, that just reminded me of the horrors that my ancestors felt also from similar unprovoked aggression. And as my children marched in peace three weeks ago, my mom reminded me that they were the fourth generation to march against similar atrocities. Uh, candles represent light and warmth. And as we light our candles tonight uh, for the refugees and children in Ukraine, let this light be seen in Ukraine. Let the warmth be felt in Ukraine. And please know that we all stand arm in arm with all of you. And let's pray for peace now. Thank you. Up next, we have Mr. Daryl Morin, National President, Forward Latino. Thank you, thank you. And thank you all for coming out tonight. Um, Tonight we made history, but you only wish it wasn't needed. We brought together over 42 organizations of different faiths, of different colors, of different ethnicities, all to come together tonight to say, no more war. No more war. Can we give a round to all these leaders and all these organizations who come together tonight? Thank you. You know, many of you may have not seen this, but before you go, you will be invited to come back here. There is a little memorial back here with candles and children's shoes. Representing the children that have been lost. The children and the families intentionally targeted. The innocents. For no other reason than for one man's pride and hate. I never dreamt that in this day and age, my children would have to see such attacks 
of immorality and inhumanity leading to the humanitarian crisis we see today. And that's why it means so much to me, and I know many of you. Um, uh, there's pictures and videos being taken tonight that are going to be sent to the people of Ukraine so they will know that you are here supporting them. So I just wanted to share that. I also, right before I came over, received a, an email from Congresswoman Goodmore, and she asked if I could read these remarks here uh, today for you. From Congresswoman Goodmore. I share your heartbreak at the tremendous suffering that the people of Ukraine are experiencing at this moment as the unjustified and needless conflict enters its second month. And as is sadly too often the case, when conflict occurs, children are among those who suffer the most. UNICEF notes that the Ukrainian children has become a... UNICEF notes that a Ukrainian child becomes a refugee almost every second of this war. Every second. In this time of crisis, I'm encouraged to see our community come together like this. I have and continue to strongly condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This decision is even more troubling when you consider the robust diplomatic efforts by the Biden administration and the international community in the weeks prior aimed at preventing such a calamitous outcome. The United States and its partners and allies are unified in their response to this unjustified and unprovoked war from imposing sanctions to helping provide relief to those fleeing for their lives. And so should the Congress. I was pleased to vote last month for the supplemental funding bill providing humanitarian, security, and economic assistance to those impacted by the conflict and fleeing Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Biden administration is working hard to help get the assistance out the door as quickly as possible, including the recently announced security aid. I'm also encouraged by the announcement that the U.S., in addition to helping the countries processing the majority of refugees, will welcome up to 100,000 Ukrainians right here in the United States. This is in response to requests from myself and other colleagues from the administration to do more to ensure the U.S. lives up to our moral and legal obligations to Ukrainian refugees. So I join you in mourning the lives of those lost, uprooted by the conflict and the daily trauma that's being inflicted on the children of Ukraine. I want you to know that the administration and Congress continue to consider ways to help the people of Ukraine, including the most vulnerable of all, the children. Sincerely yours, Congresswoman Glenmore. And rounding off our speakers is the Honorable Cavalier Johnson, Mayor of Milwaukee. Well, good evening, everybody. Look, there, there is certainly uh, too much death, destruction, bloodshed that's happening in Ukraine right now. And it's happening because of one man, uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, and his desires to live out uh, an empire of old that's not returning. Uh, but in the wake of that, men, women, and children are losing their lives. When I look at the memorial behind me, uh, 
I see the shoes of, of children that my own kids could fit. And when I listen to the stories of families that are trying to escape from the death and the destruction that's raining down uh, in that country, I see stories of mothers that are traveling untold lengths and miles trying to escape with small children in tow. And it reminds me of my own wife and my own children. And so I think all of us can find a way to humanize with what's happening in Ukraine right now. It can be personal to everybody and everybody who loves democracy, everybody who believes that folks, that people, not just here, but across the world, should have the ability to have self-determination, should be outraged by what's happening in Ukraine. So certainly there is a lot of death and destruction, but there is reason for hope. You know, I think many folks here probably know by now that Several weeks ago, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, the mayor of Irpin, uh, Milwaukee's sister city, just outside the capital uh, of Kiev. And uh, Mayor Alexander Makushin, uh, he came into that meeting with me. And I was stone cold shocked because he came into the meeting and he was wearing a, a, a military style uh, protective vest because they had just come in from the front lines trying to stop that 40 mile long convoy, Russian convoy from entering the capital. Now that's something that no mayor, no person in any community across the world should have to endure, all because of one man, all because of one man. It's not something that anybody should have to endure, but the reason I find hope is because of the resistance, because of the fight that's present, not just in Irpin, not just in the people of that city, but of the, the resolve of the people of Ukraine generally. They're pushing back. They're fighting. They're fighting for their homes. They're fighting for their families. They're fighting for their countries. And that makes me proud. And I know that it makes the Ukrainian community right here in Milwaukee proud too. So even through all of the heartache, all of the death, all of the destruction, there is reason for hope. There really is reason for hope. And I know that in Milwaukee, you know, this community has stood up in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. And as mayor, I'm telling you that I could not be more proud of my city and more proud of each and every single one of you who throughout this entire conflict have stood up in solidarity with our brothers and sisters, our friends, our family back in Ukraine. So thank you guys very much. Let's keep it up. And just quickly, Dr. Swarnjeet Arora of the Sikh Religious Society of Wisconsin has also offered to say a few words in support. On behalf of the Sikh Religious Society, we pray for peace and we'd like to stop the stupidity of genocide. This unbelievable, un. We cannot tolerate it. I have gone through personally this whole affair. When I was seven years old, during the partition of India into Pakistan and India, lots and lots and lots of 
people who died, I can still count all the dead bodies all around. So I can still count how we lived in refugee camp, from one refugee camp to another refugee camp to another refugee camp, non-stop. And we grew up, there was no food, only thing we had, one shirt and one underwear and one thing. So my prayer is that we have to take care of our children. They grow up, but they'll never, never, never forget this. After 75 years, I can still, as I said, remember each and every incident. So please, we pray for peace at the same time. I pray that we help our children, our, when they grow up, they will go through very, very difficult time, shock of their life. So please, all, we pray for them. Thank you very much. Thank you to all of our speakers again. As Daryl mentioned, right behind us here, we have a memorial for the sweet, innocent Ukrainian lives that were lost too soon due to Russia's aggression. Their mere existence threatened Vladimir Putin. They were future patriots. They were future fighters for democracy. Little Bandarevci. So if you could grab a candle and come join us for prayers and some moments of silence. <laughs> 